Culture Dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and today I am going to be talking to the most delightful pair of human beings you've ever heard in your life. That's right, Joe Crow and Gary Mitchell from the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics Track. It's one of my favorite episodes to do. We check in with the Classics Track to find out what they've been doing to prepare for Dragon Con 2016 and some of the secrets of the process of making the track happen. It's always a fun talk. They're two great guys, and you guys are definitely going to enjoy it. And speaking of Dragon Con, Dragon Con is only 13 days away. 13 days away, you guys. What is happening? I've got my shit together. Seriously, I know that sounds maybe a little bit haughty, but we're on schedule. I've got a lot left to do, which is why I'm up at 5.30 in the morning recording this for you on my day off. Uh, but, and I, I don't say that like for you guys on my day off, I know it sounded like that, but uh, I just was so excited to start getting stuff done. This is my long weekend off, which means I, I got off of work last night at 5 o'clock and I don't go back until Monday at 5 p.m. So this is my long weekend where I can accomplish many things, and I have lots of free time uh, as compared to normal. So it's it's all going to get done. We have our final run-through for the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show on Sunday. I will be shipping T-shirts out. Uh, the first round of T-shirts will be going out today. Uh, they are in stock now, and we have Boastful Blue and Limited Run Passion Pink in men's and women's sizes. If you want a game show shirt to wear to Dragon Con, get on there, order it now, and if you mention the coupon code DIRTY with two R's, D-I-R-R-T-Y, then you can get $5 off the price of the shirt. That's right. Five bucks off for podcast listeners. Go order from needlessthings.storeenvy.com. Go order your Dirty Con game, game Show t-shirts now, and uh, you'll have them before Dragon Con. You can turn them inside out, wash them cold, tumble dry medium, and uh, you'll have your nice pink or blue shirts to wear. And, and get on the pink ones if that's the color you want, because they are they are very limited as compared to the blue ones. So uh, get on that, needlessthings.storeenvy.com. Use the coupon code DIRTY, D-I-R-R-T-Y, like the Christina Aguilera song. Okay, so now that I've made my obligatory Christina Aguilera reference for the year, it is time to talk about a couple other things that are going on. And what I want to talk about are my panels at DragonCon. So for you guys, here it is, my schedule. This was first revealed on supportphantom.com a few weeks ago, and now I'm going to talk about it here. Thursday night, 7 p.m., DragonCon Wrestling. You're going to get a full promo for that next week, but it is Thursday night. It is kicking off DragonCon. Uh, the powers that be saw us as one of the best pieces of programming to set forward as here's Dragon Con. So we're 
We're stoked. Thursday night, we're kicking it off. It's awesome. Friday at 4 p.m., Needless Things presents Toy Stories. Once again, I'm doing the Toy, Toy Stories panel at 4, and the location is different because the Classics Track Room has moved, as we discuss in today's episode. It is Marriott M103 through 105, much bigger room. Uh, myself and other panelists are going to be talking about toys from our lives that have stories attached to them, and we encourage the audience to also bring your own toys, and we will talk to you guys as well. We want to hear your stories. Okay, Friday at 7 p.m., The Shining versus The Shining, which we're going to be talking about the different versions of Stephen King's work, Stanley Kubrick's work, and uh, also the television film, which I just ordered from Amazon and will be watching this weekend as part of my research because I take this shit seriously, you people. Saturday morning at 1130, uh, this is also, oh, I didn't mention, uh, the location for The Shining is the Peachtree 1 and 2 in the Westin. This will be the first time I've operated out of the Westin. And I'm, uh, it's a little further away, but I'm excited about it because it's different. Okay, uh, Saturday morning at 11.30 a.m., How Horror Fans Raise Kids, uh, also in the Westin. And it's going to be about being somebody who's passionate about horror, uh, movies, books, whatever, uh, toys in my case as well, and raising kids. I've got an eight-year-old son, and we've had to make... You know, we, we think about this stuff. We, we think about what he's exposed to, what he sees, and we'll talk about that in the panel. Saturday night, 10 p.m., and yes, I know that's a long time between events, but we've got a lot to do to prepare for the 2016 edition of the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, which for some reason is listed as Phantom Troublemaker Presents Con Con Game Game Show Show, which it's thrilling that my name is on a panel, but it's also not quite right, but I understand maybe you don't want to put Dirty in there, it's a long name, whatever. You guys know when it is. It's Saturday night at 10 p.m. in the Hyatt Regency 5 Ballroom. Ballroom. Hashtag ballroom. Okay. Sunday, 2.30 p.m., The Heroic History of G.I. Joe. Me and Larry Hama and probably a couple of other people talking about G.I. Joe. This is crazy. I am on a panel with Larry Hama, and I'm going to do my best to treat it like uh, like the William Stout panels that I have been on in the past, where it is very much a panel about the actual creative celebrity person uh, and it's not just us rambling because, quite frankly, if I went into a room and Larry Hama was on a panel and four other brosifs dominated the talk, I would be a little annoyed. So we're going to make sure Larry Hama gets gets to say as much as Larry Hama wants to say. We're going to talk to that guy. That's our deal. Sunday at 5.30 p.m., uh, also in the Marriott. The rest of these are, are all in the uh, the Marriott uh, Sci-Fighters. Last year, we had an incredibly fun, successful, and well-reviewed edition of Sci-Fighters, which was He-Man versus G.I. Joe. This year, it is 80s action heroes versus 80s wrestlers. Man, this is thrilling. I'm so excited. Uh, this was so much fun last year, and believe me, I was exhausted. I didn't know if I was going to make Sci-Fighters last year because... I was just, after the game show, you're drained. You're drained. It takes everything out of you, not just performing like that, but accomplishing that and having months of work being done. But 
I knew I had to make it to Sci Fighters last year, so I made it, and it was a blast, and I'm super stoked about this year. And finally, my last panel of the weekend, also in the Marriott 103-105, Big Trouble in Little China, 30 Years of Very Unreasonable Things, and it's my favorite movie, and it's I'm super stoked. This is going to be a great panel. It's going to be a good time, and that's it. There are two more that I was supposed to do, uh, one about The Blind Dead and one about other films of John Carpenter, and I can't because I will be at the Puppet Slam. So, you know, I, I hate to miss those panels, but Puppet Slam's Puppet Slam, you guys. It's an integral part of Dragon Con. To me, it's just as important as wrestling, just as important as the game show. And uh, can I tell you this right now? Uh, the the wrestling was important to me before I was part of it. The game show was important to me because I made it happen with my own blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, and the puppetry, uh, puppetry, the Puppet Slam is important to me because it's pure magic at Dragon Con. So two out of the three most important things to me, I'm part of. And not just because I'm part of them, but just because to me they're huge. Like the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, if somebody else had done it, I would be there and I would be loving it. Uh, which, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I like to do. I want to do stuff that I know I would love. So anyway, that's my schedule. You can find it in the Dragon Con app. I don't think anything is really populated yet. I am in the app as Phantom Troublemaker. And, uh, so you can send me a friend request or whatever, whatever they do there. Uh, and once everything's populated, you can go in and look at attending professionals or speakers or whatever they call them. Uh, basically, you can search for Phantom Troublemaker and see everything that I'm going to be doing. Uh, and unfortunately, I think those last two panels I'll probably still be listed on, even though I can't make them, uh, as much as I would love to. So. That is my weekend at DragonCon. For those of you that aren't going to be there, I will be recording everything that I do and putting it up as an episode of the Needless Things podcast. And just remember, these things are not DragonCon-centric. These things are about these things. So you'll be able to listen to Larry Hama talking about G.I. Joe. You'll be able to listen to us talking about The Shining, uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's It doesn't matter if you like... Dragon Con or not, or attend it or not, you'll be able to hear these panel discussions that are going to be just like episodes of the podcast, just with uh, a different variety of people talking, which I'm excited about. I love, as much as I love our core irregulars, I also love having different people on the show. So, having said all of that, I want to push you one more time. Go to supportphantom.com. Uh, anything from a dollar and up. Just chip in, help out. There's some rewards on there. You can check them out. I'm not going to belabor it. Go to needlessthings.storeenvy.com. Put in the coupon code DIRTY, D-I-R-R-T-Y, like the Christina Aguilera song with two R's, and get $5 off your Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show t-shirts. Do it. Now I've got a special bonus extra treat for you today. Before we talk to Gary and Joe, we're going to talk to a different Gary, and that's our pal Gary Schaefer, who is now running the Outer Space Men toy brand. He contacted me last week with some very exciting news about the Outer Space Men. If you remember, I talked to him back in January on episode, I think it was 92 of the podcast, and I, I mentioned it uh, during our conversation here about what's going on uh, with the brand, and he's got news, and you're going to hear it now, and it works. I understand there's a Dragon Con episode, and these aren't going to be at Dragon Con, but if there's anything more classic sci-fi than the Outer Space Men, 
I don't know what it is. So here's our pal Gary uh, at a fun little conversation before we get into the meat of today's show. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's get to the stuff we can uh, broadcast yeah. to the people and reveal to everyone. Uh, but before we do, welcome back to the show, Gary Schaefer. Thank you, Phantom. Thanks very much. Great to be back. For for the listeners that uh, may not know or that may somehow have missed episode 92 of the Needless Things podcast, Gary is the man steering the saucer-shaped ship of the Outer Spacemen, uh, originally created by Mel Burkrant and produced by Color Forms. Uh, but Gary has the scoop on what is happening now with the Outer Spacemen. A very, very exciting year. We first talked to you back in January. And uh, you you teased us with some tidbits, but now you've you've got a lot going on, man. What's happening? So, Phantom, uh, as promised back in January, 2016 has begun as of yesterday. The outer spacemen are coming back bigger than ever before. Now that I'm completely in control of the molds and the manufacturing overseas, I'm making sure that I will start hitting the market with more outer spacemen figures than I have ever done before. And to begin this incredible year, what I've done was bring back Colossus Rex 2.0. Now, if you remember Colossus, who my wife believes is the Beyonce of the Outer Spaceman, <laughs> the most <laughs> the most important and the most celebrated action figure of them all, uh, Colossus is coming back in a super rare limited edition blue. Now, back in 1968, there was an unintentional variation that came out of Hong Kong when the Outer Spacemen were created. Colossus was supposed to be in this fantastic creature from the Black Lagoon green, but what's happened is that, I guess the factory ran out of green, somehow he turned blue. So there was a couple hundred only that got out of the factory in this rare color variation. Everything else is the same, but he's blue. Now, you can check my Instagram feed. You will see my daughter, Sophia. She's actually holding a blue and a green mint condition 1968 figure, so you can really see the difference. But I didn't want to bring back Colossus Rex in the green. The, the secondary market and the aftermarket for Colossus is such that the figure trades for over 300 on eBay when you could even find it. I wasn't going to dilute that market or damage the value, and it still, at the same time, made sense that I bring back the blue so then I'm going to change the backing card so there's no way you can confuse the two at all. You got a brand new backer card on the blister pack and you got a brand new color. And he's got fantastic gold accessories as compared to the original green, so green and purple. So, so this said, once I announced yesterday via an email blast to thousands and thousands of collectors globally that Colossus Rex 2.0 was coming in about eight or nine days, the world has never been the same. (laughs) And at the same time, in the same email, I made the announcement that cosmic radiation is, in fact, a reality. I've teased, I've suggested, I've played around with the idea, but it's real. Cosmic radiation will be an entirely glow-in-the-dark outer spaceman set. And we are bringing out the first and major and most sought-after two figures in glow right out of the gate. That's Colossus Rex and Gamma X. Now, Gamma X, the man from the fourth dimension. Gamma X, originally in 1969, if he were released, and man hadn't stepped on the moon, killing the outer spaceman, if he was released, he was a glow-in-the-dark figure 
with this mirrored prism-like armor that he wears that made him glow and be fuzzy at night, and your eye really couldn't lock on him. But because the second series was canceled, as so many of us know, he was never put into production. Now, when he was originally created, there was a mishap at the factory, and he was not produced in -in glow-in-the-dark. Instead, he had this really lousy glow paint applied to him, and he barely glowed in the dark. Uh. This This figure, if you light him up, he will completely illuminate the room. You will be on an acid trip at a Grateful <laughs> Dead concert within minutes in staring at this toy. Well, so, if people go check out your Outer Spaceman account on Instagram, there are gorgeous pictures of these guys. And you can, I mean, you, when you see a glow in the dark figure, even if it's not uh, an at night picture, you can tell the quality of the plastic, of the glow. If you're a toy collector, you can look at that stuff. And these guys look amazing. Yeah, they do look amazing. And and i got to tell you, it's super exciting because at the same time as releasing these two, I just ordered five more figures from China in glow. So oh. come the holiday season, everyone is just going to start to see massive amounts of cosmic radiation. And in 2017, by the spring, maybe the summer, I promise I will have every figure out there in glow. Now, huge news for 2017, very early 2017, is the finally awaited appearance of Astrodite, the sister wife, the commander of Commander Comet, the the ship's commander of Commander Comet. Uh, She is making her appearance finally. There was a ton to do to finish her up, including a new head needed to be sculpted. There were some issues with her wings. There were some issues with a neck piece that needed to hold her uh, helmet because her wings were actually in the way. Her boobs are still as big as terra firma, and there were just issues all around. But we have fixed the issues. She is going to be molded and tooled very soon, and she will make an appearance early in 2017 as not only the 18th outer spaceman, but in fact another woman. So we're now we're now up to four ladies within this fantastic team of, 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 of peacekeepers. Now, after Astrodite, we're going to have two new Earth astronauts, including the first African-American outer spaceman ever seen. I'm not going to give you his name yet. It's really cool, but I'm going to keep at least some information. Sure, sure. But we're going to see the first African-American Earth astronaut come out of Mel Burncrantz's workshop. We're going to see Astrodite. We're going to see another guy, another woman come out as well, uh, as far as an Earth astronaut goes. And we're just going to keep on moving straight through to the 50th anniversary, which now TikTok is less than 18 months away. Well, and Gary, I got to tell you, one, I think it's wonderful that the format that was laid down by the Four Horsemen is being continued. And I really appreciate the respect that you have, not just for the toy line, but for the collectors of the toy line. Because going back and doing a new Colossus Rex, doing it in the variant colors, um, this, this, the, I can't wait for these glow in the dark guys and continuing with the figures. Uh, just, it, it's wonderful that the line is kind of getting a seamless continuation. You there? Yes, yes. Sorry, I had a call. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. 
You ready or you need to take it? I'm ready. No, okay, good. okay. Uh, but I was just saying, I think it's absolutely wonderful that the line is continuing on uh, it, it, with with a, a seamless continuation of what we've had for the past several years. Phantom, I got to tell you, you know, I remember as a kid in 1968 sitting on my grandmother's floor in Brooklyn, popping these packages open and playing with these toys. And, you know, still to this day, as a collector, my heart is part of the collecting community. I do this, of course, to keep this brand alive, to keep Mel happy, to let Mel see that his handiwork is still alive and functioning and, and sought after and desired and respected. I mean, I do this for so many reasons. There are so many hats that I wear. I don't care that I'm the co-owner. I don't care about licensing fees. I don't care about money in this deal because there's not a lot of money to be made in toy collecting. Unless I had a big movie behind me, I'm not in this for the money because it doesn't exist. Right. I'm, right. lucky. I'm happy to break even. I have never made money at a comic convention or a toy show ever, but I do it to keep this brand alive. And and the payoff is a day like yesterday after that email blast that people haven't seen or heard of a new outer spaceman in years. Once that email blast hit, then, in fact, everybody went berserk. And that's the payoff when I get thousands of emails People clamoring for these figures, screaming, what if I can't make Comic-Con? What if I can't get on uh, a list? What if I can't get a toy? And you know what? You can. I won't sell out. I'll make sure you get your toy because if I have to reorder, these are good problems to have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and it's so exciting because with collector-oriented toy lines, with online-based toy lines, uh, you never know when they're going to go away. And you're always kind of prepared for it, but it is, you know, it's sad when they do, because particularly with these, I mean, these are toys that are so unique, are so different amongst everything that's available now, that when they kind of tapered off, it's like, ah, that's a bummer, I guess that's it. And now they're coming back. I mean, I can't imagine the excitement. I, you know, I, I had a little bit of a heads up, so the email was an affirmation more than it was a revelation. But I can't imagine a, a collector, a fan of the Outer Space Men, just having that email pop open in front of them and to know that this wonderful line is back. Let me tell you something. The, the calls and the emails that I got, globally were ridiculous, including two big, big, heavy-hitter Hollywood types that are constantly asking me, what are you doing with the brand? What are you doing with the license? What are you doing with the figures? Where do you want to go with this? And you know where I want to go? Straight to the silver screen. And I'm going to tell you, I got a call from CBS because Star Trek Mission New York, celebrating the 50th anniversary of one of the greatest television shows ever, said to me, you were part of the big four in the 1960s as far as being one of the most important space toys out there. We want you there. I'm not a licensed Star Trek dealer. I don't have one Star Trek thing that I would sell or would consider selling or even have to sell. But you know what? I'm going to show up, and I'm going to bring the $5 million collection, and I'm oh, going to build a booth. And I'm going to build a booth that Shatner can walk in and drop his drawers and shit himself. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you... Because Shatner knows about me, he knows about the outer spaceman because of a uh, uh, because of a uh, third party that we both know. He made that introduction, and he's already said something cool about the outer spaceman. Just like Tim Burton, just like Nicolas Cage, just like uh, Leo Leonardo DiCaprio, just like Billy Mummy and Mark Hamill. A lot of people know about the outer spaceman. Now, does that mean I'm getting a movie deal? No, but you know what it means. 
It's just more exposure for the brand. Absolutely. And when I show up at Comic-Con, at Star Trek, uh, Mission New York, sorry, that's first, uh, booth 426, Star Trek Mission New York, Labor Day weekend. By the way, who the hell has a toy show on Labor Day weekend? Because man, there's a lot of people going to be going away. If my wife is pissed because we had a vacation plan. But- oh, that's, that's our big convention down here. Dragon Con is Labor Day weekend, and that's every year. I mean, it, it's, it's massive. That's cool. That's really cool. And I would love to do Dragon Con one day if I could figure out how to get there with that collection. Oh my gosh, uh, that would be fantastic. Day, we'll we'll talk about next year. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I got no problem putting everything in a truck and driving down there and just sleeping in the truck because I mean I'm not taking my eyes off it. But you know I have no problem doing that. But you know what? Setting up at Star Trek that's a new venue for me. Yeah, because those are Trekkies. That's not necessarily an outer spaceman collector. While I'm part of Zeroids and the Matt Mason, you know, era. But they and, will be because but they, but it's they will be. it's of the era. It fits in perfectly with all the themes of Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Because, I mean, for God's sake, you know, uh, Colossus Rex looks like the Gorm from the from uh, from Arena. So, I mean, listen, it's all part and parcel to the same thing. Space was the hottest commodity in the 1960s prior to stepping on the moon. I was in the middle of it in 1968 when the when the toys were created. Well, you're and you're in the middle of it once again now, and that's to to point out to the listeners uh, that you need to go back and listen to the full length episode uh, with Gary, episode ninety two. But you, like you said a minute ago, you were the kid opening up the outer spacemen. That's where this love started, and that's why you're so dedicated to it now. Exactly, because it is the greatest toys that I think were ever created. And Comic Con October five uh, six seven eight nine. Comic-Con booth 440, Mel Burncrant on Saturday the 5th is coming to my booth. Mel Burncrant, the creator of the Outer Spaceman, is going to be there. He's going to be signing autographs, signing action figures, signing backing cards. He'll sign your ass if you want him to. <laughs> Whatever you want to him to sign, he'll do it. And if you have not met Mel, the nicest guy in the world, come to booth 440 Saturday, October 5th, and meet him. Because I got to tell you, when he shows up, I need a security guard to handle the crowds in and out of my booth. That's how packed it is to meet him and to say thank you to one of the greatest toy creators ever. And for me personally, bringing out the best toys I've ever seen. But he's going to be there and that you should mark your calendar for. Absolutely. He's toy royalty as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Good point. He is toy royalty. That's good. Well, Gary, uh, thank you so much for dropping by again. Anything else you want to drop on us uh, before we wrap up the segment? 50th anniversary. Spoiler alert. What you will see will be remarkable. And the hint is it begins with the letter V and ends with the letter L. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's a teaser, man. That's a teaser. All right. Where can we find Outer Space Men online? Okay, here's the deal. Colossus Rex 2.0 drops next Wednesday, probably somewhere 9, 10 o'clock on my site. I will send another email blast. Colossus 2.0 in blue drops next Wednesday on my site. Gamma X, Cosmic Radiation, Glow in the Dark, special Star Trek Mission New York booth 426 exclusive figure only for that show. Anything left will then, along with Colossus Cosmic Radiation, 
appear at New York Comic Con. Now, Colossus, Cosmic Radiation, is the show exclusive for Comic Con. So, Colossus Rex 2.0 next Wednesday, Labor Day weekend, Star Trek Mission New York, Gamma X, Cosmic Radiation, show exclusive. And then a few weeks later, Colossus Rex, Cosmic Radiation, show exclusive, Booth 440, New York Comic Con. After that, if I'm not sold out, everything will be on my website. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on and for keeping this incredible line of toys alive. I really appreciate it, and all the listeners do as well. Phantom, thanks for the opportunity. I look forward to speaking with you again once something new is coming. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, man. Thank you, buddy. What we're going to do is what we always do and plan to take over the world. Yes. No, we're going to talk about the 2016 plans of the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics track. And the only people that can do that, that can give the Needless Things audience the proper insight into what's going to be going down in the world of classic sci-fi, is Mr. Joe Crow. Welcome back to the show. Please, uh, I want every sentence for the rest of the thing, rest of the episode, to be in rhymes like that. Can we make that happen? Uh, wrestling announcer voice rhymes. I think that's a go. And, of course, we wouldn't be complete without Joe's beautiful, dazzling, stunning, well-spoken and always clear-sounding hetero life mate, Mr. Gary Mitchell. I have often been called a missing piece, or told I'm missing pieces. I can't remember. <laughs> well, we we all are. That's why we have to come together uh, as a whole, a whole, not a whole, at Dragon Con every year. So, guys, how are you doing? Where's your plan, and do you feel good? I would say, for me, planning is going fairly well, especially with the classic track. <laughs> Well, and that's kind of the the trick with Dragon Con is it's not just about planning your you know your panels or, or whatever. There's all kinds of other stuff that particularly you guys have to take into account. Like you've got to travel, you've got to figure out your lodging, you've got to figure out your packing situation. Uh, there there are all kinds of different factors that are on top of the massive amount of planning that you have to do for the track. Indeed. This year for me, the extra, the, some of the extra stuff is, is, is been taken away now that I'm a local. You know, so the traveling is much, much easier, but I still had to find a room. <laughs> well, and even if you are local, traveling downtown with baggage and stuff is no treat. No, no. Yeah, I, I plan to get there Thursday morning and not leave until Monday. Track wise. When do you, and we've covered this before, but it's, it's nice to refresh for people that maybe didn't listen to last year's episode, although they should, uh, mm-hmm. because there's still lots of relevant fun to be had. But when do you guys sit down and start planning in earnest? Like, I'm sure if you're anything like me, as soon as 2015 was over, I was thinking about things for 2016, but my actual 
planning didn't go into effect, you know, for, for a few months after that, like what kind of grace period do you give yourselves or, you know, when do you, when do you feel like it's time to start writing things down? We kind of wait till about February. Um, because we honestly, the, even the, uh, the dragon con overlords don't really start doing any work until then. I mean, I think there's like a January meeting, but you know, we don't really have any guest ideas until then anyway. Right. So we kind of wait, um, until then it, it gives us, it's, it's far enough away from the con that we feel like, okay, we're getting an early start, but it's close enough that it's okay. We can get some stuff done. Yeah. And, and it's, it is, you guys are a little more guest centric because you do have to involve, uh, the guests that fall under your classic track category into your panels. You have to plan panels for them and you have to deal with that. That's like a whole other level beyond just fan panels. Right. You know, and if we're lucky, yep. we have a few different guests. And this year, we've got uh, the Power Ranger guys. We've got Sam Jones and Melody Anderson. Yes. No. Most people will be fans of hers from a little thing called Flash Gordon yep. with Mr. Sam Jones. But Joe has a particular. It's a very specific in particular. <laughs> I I I feel weird even saying it. I don't even like. I feel like if. I say it, I'll, I'll somehow like ruin it. But she was in Manimal. Well, and that's the best show in the world. We ever. all know, we all know how Joe feels about Manimal, and and we all know the uh, the passion with which Manimal was spoken of last year at Dragon Con. <laughs> there was definitely some passion. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's that's a she's a double yes. coupon for you guys. Uh, we will have excellent guests from Flash Gordon, which is one of the staple movies of my youth. Uh, I remember watching that on HBO alongside Swamp Thing, mm. and probably I, I mean there are no doubt plenty of nineteen eighty early eighties movies that I was watching in like eighty three because back then it took a little bit longer for stuff to hit cable. But uh, HBO, I mean, that's why that channel means so much to me, is that's where I caught all those movies way back in my youth. And Flash Gordon was one of my absolute favorites. So we've got Sam J. Jones, uh, possibly at this point more known for being in Ted. Yes. <laughs> and then for Flash Gordon, although yeah. thankfully there was a reference there, so it doesn't feel completely sacrilegious. Nope. I never thought I'd say this, but... Bless, bless Seth MacFarlane for, for giving us Sam Jones back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, uh, I mean, it definitely had an effect on his career, I think. Oh, yeah. So that's something that you guys take in consideration is what, when, uh, because I'm sure there's a certain amount of, of fan panel uh, planning that can be done because you guys know, what, what would you say is your percentage of, Fan and and uh, I I don't want to say just fan because you have a lot of writers and creators and artists and fan you know we're all fans obviously but I feel like that's that's not doing a lot of the classic track irregulars the the proper service because a lot of these people are creators a lot of these people are important members of the science fiction community but the panels that aren't necessarily about people who were literally in Flash Gordon. What would you say the what would you say the percentage is 
of uh, us versus the celebrity guest that you deal yeah. with. The Hollywood glitterati. Yes. The glitterati. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for uh, nailing it. It's, uh, the percentage has been different from year to year. I think this year it's just by volume of people. Uh, we're at maybe 80-20 non-movie star, non-glitterati. So uh, like 80 would be us, 20 would be them. In the past, it's been 60-40, you know. Uh, 50-50 uh, a couple of times, but I think, uh, I mean, just by, by by body weight, I think we're 80-20. <laughs> well, if you add in roller panel body weight. <laughs> yes, that, that, that shifts the percentage way up, but if we're talking the four or five Power Ranger folks we have, and then Flash and Dale, uh, that's, that's just like seven people. Um, so, versus the classic track Fan people, which so yeah, by by volume, by mass, I would say that we outweigh them. But <laughs> we we've had more celebrities in previous years than we have this year. But I think we are making up the difference in content and quality. Well, and you guys also have a really good knack for drawing in uh, other types of creators, like William Stout. For the past several years, who, who oh, that man. I will never be able to thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to to talk to him and to interview him and to be on panels with him. Uh, he's he's incredible, and his stories are amazing. And then this year, uh, you have reached out to one of the most, spe- in my opinion, one of the most special guests you possibly could have. A man who is my Shakespeare, the creator of one of my mythologies, and that's Larry Hama. Yes. As soon as they said Larry Hama was coming, and I think I saw it on Twitter. I don't know. One one of the social medias, you know, I'm so tuned in. Gary, you know this. Oh, yeah. You live on the Internet. I'm like like Mr. (laughs) 2016, you guys. As soon as I heard uh, Larry Hama was coming, I was like, I don't know what we're doing. I'm canceling something so we can get Larry Hama. And it worked out. So uh, we've got uh, D.I. Joe Pelley later. Tom is going to be there. It's crazy. Yeah, the fact that – yeah, yeah, I mean I know, Phantom, you're, you're about one of the two big, bigger Joe nuts than I am. So you've got to be going through the roof that you're going to get to spend a panel with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very excited about that because I've gotten to see him speak at Joe Lanta. Uh, a, a couple mm. of times and, and been able to meet with him, but it's a completely different situation when, you know, as, as I've been able to do with William Stout, you can actually sort of interview, uh, the guest. And I would like to request, I'd like to make a personal request of you guys mm. just for this panel, just for the GI Joe panel at Dragon Con 2016. I would like a button. In the middle of the table, and a big light-up sign connected to that button. And the (laughs) light-up sign will say, shut the fuck up and let Larry talk. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's going to be a critical item. I can put uh, Oz, our game show prop guy, on it. He will get it done. It will be very classy, very tasteful. I like, I like the sound of that. 
Just make sure it's F and then cartoon swearing because this is a mid-afternoon. Yeah, that's right. This will be a family panel. So uh, (laughs) it'll be, it'll be a little emoji with his eyes bugged out rather than the actual F bomb. That, that, that's what it'll be. I think people will get that idea. I think this is workable. I think this is a workable technological thing. Yes. Hopefully the room we're going to be in will have much better technology than. So when you guys started batting yeah. around, when you guys started battering, batting around panel ideas, uh, what what were some of the early ones that came up for this year? What were, I mean, we're often very anniversary centric, which makes sense and it makes it easier and it's a way of streamlining the content. But what were what were some things that you know? I'm I'm sure before last year even happened, there were already things that you were like, well, that's going to be next year. What were some of the early panels? Uh, two things, two panels, uh, two, I think two, uh, l- let's say three. Uh, I think, I think it's three. <laughs> we decided to do, uh, two, maybe three panels last year for, for this year. We decided on them during the convention last year. <laughs> so one of them was a Highlander panel because, uh, Tegan, who co-hosts the RevCast with with Mr. Gary Mitchell. Uh, and who is an absolute delight. Oh, yes. oh, she's the awesomest. For the listeners, if, if you see her name, like if you're looking at a panel and you're like, huh, do I want to go see that or not? If you see Tegan Hendrickson listed, go. Oh, yeah. Ah. Um, we're, we're, we're lucky to have her. Uh, she's, she's in demand. Other people keep, other tracks keep saying, we want Tegan. And I yes. say... How dare you? And, uh, but but the the Highlander panel last year, she said after a, a panel, I think it was Sunday night. She said, "Hey, we're going to do a Highlander panel right now," and I said, "Okay." So we did like a thirty minute Highlander panel in between two panels. Yeah, yeah I have to relate part of this story because fan oh, please of, do. This was while you were having the meetup. Yeah, yeah. The birthday party. I'm sitting there talking to John uh, Galbo. Uh, I'm going to give him a shout out. But I'm talking to him. Also, my phone buzzes and I look and I get a. It's a text from Tegan saying, "It's not my fault." <laughs> and the first thing that goes through my mind is, "Oh my god, what the hell is going on? <laughs> what? What now?" Yeah. <laughs> so I end up leaving because <laughs> we, we it was pretty much wrapping up at that point anyway, and I go running over. To the pan- to to the track room to find out what the hell is going on. She's like, "Oh, we're we're having a panel like right now, <laughs> right now. What do you mean, right now?" So this was let's see what time the meetup was at eight. Went on for a little over an hour, so this was nine ish, nine thirty maybe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and, yeah. and spontaneous paneling is happening. And it ended with a group singing of. Princes of the Universe by Queen. As all things should. Yes. And I hope they got the, I hope they taped it, but we're doing it again this year, so we're for sure doing it. So it's it's gonna happen again. Well, and not only do you and, and that's how it seems like a lot of things you guys are willing to sort of roll with it and, and be creative and when when something sparks, you guys kind of blow on the flame and keep it going because last year uh, I believe, Joe, this was your incredible idea, Sci-Fighters. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Gary named it. Yeah, I named it. I, it. It started as a thing for Rev SF, and Joe went, that's a great name. We're going to put it in the track. And I'm like, okay. 
And during that panel, which was G.I. Joe versus Masters of the Universe. It's so great. Uh, I believe Snake Eyes won. Yes. yes. Which I still feel is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not over it. And I will carry, we, the, I will. The, 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 the best thing about that though was we were arguing at the end about whether Snake Eyes, I forget who he fought against in the finale, but there was a, well, Snake Eyes was on the, in the audience. A, yeah, a yeah. dude a, in a very realistic looking Snake Eyes costume who may have been Snake Eyes. Oh, and you know, know what? That's, I think that's what gave Snake Eyes the edge. Yes. Is that he was there. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I said something negative about Snake Eyes, and I recall distinctly you, Phantom, going, Joe, he's sitting right there! <laughs> but during, I, my favorite memory, that was the, uh, I think, was it Evil Lynn is the rush in? <laughs> yeah, we had we had all kinds of ridiculous uh, last-minute Yeah, that's rules right. We, and, we had, in, in, in one of the brackets... The Baroness, or maybe it was Evil Lynn, did a run-in and murdered whoever the two people in the in 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 that in that bracket were, and carried on throughout the tournament. And I think we might have decided that Faker and Zartan just never could find each other. Yes. <laughs> uh, so during that panel, we you know we came up with the idea of oh we should do '80s action heroes versus classic WWF. Rock and wrestlers. <laughs> yes. Now we, and, uh, we have to decide where Roddy fits. Oh my gosh! Because he's, he's both. both. Well, that's that will play. Let, let's not put too much thought into it. I think that needs to play out live as it happens. We, we're going to have to jam right. that out with the group. True. I'm going to say this. I think Sci Fighters is if we could somehow monetize that thing, mm-hmm. we could all individually make a million dollars. And I could do an ad for it on the podcast, just like they do with all the sports betting stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at, um, at, at a convention here in Birmingham, uh, uh, Alabama, one of the top 50 states in, in the United States, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, well, the, uh, a, a uh, Magic City Con convention, um, uh, I did a Sci Fighters by myself. And it was Star Wars versus Star Trek. It was me and my daughter, Quinn. Bless uh, you, she, sir. It was amazing. And um, I, I've got I, I need to broadcast it because I taped it, and it was great. And at one point, the crowd was arguing Ewoks versus Tribbles, and it was <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> so that is that is the beauty of Sci Fighters, as I told them, and I will say it again during the panel. These are the most important conversations and debates you will have. This is important business that we are discussing, and that's what's going to happen at Sci Fighters when we talk about '80s wrestlers and '80s action heroes. Yeah, it doesn't matter what happens in November in this country. What's going to matter is in the Marriott, in the Classics Track Room, who wins the battle between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Hulk Hogan. Oh my God, that's what matters. Yes. Uh, and that's, you know, that's, again, some of the magic of you guys being willing to, to sort of go with things. Why I love the track so much, and, and I'm just going to keep blowing smoke this whole podcast, <laughs> Please. but Please. I, I feel like it's important to put it over to the listeners. 
is how interactive you allow all the panels to be. Of course, of course. You want the audience to have mm-hmm. as much fun as everybody that's sitting at that table. You want them in on the discussion. We all care. Like, you guys are the reason I changed the format of my toy panel because I realized it's so much more fun to have the audience participating. And, and otherwise, why are they there? Yeah, exactly. I know it, it, for, from my point of view, it's like I've been going to conventions for years now, and I have been to so many of those panels where it's a bunch of guys sitting on a panel, and they talk at you. And it doesn't matter yes. if you're there. The same conversation was going to happen. And this happens at even at DragonCon sometimes where there are people who go, I am going to tell you now why you should like this thing or why you should not like this thing. And it's just like, can I go get something to eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have I've been to those panels. In fact, I've been to those panels with Gary. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and uh, because, because that's where I found Gary. That's why I, I met Gary at DragonCon at one of those panels. And, yes. Uh, uh, we we've been there, and we once it once it once it came around the bend that we would be in charge of this thing. We thought we're not going to do things like that, and yeah. we haven't. And it's it's been working out great. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's paying off. So you had uh, you said you had three panels that came to fruition even before last year's con was over. Uh, what was this year's Sci Fighters one of those, or did you have yes. a couple other on the docket? That was one, and yeah, we, Highlander. Yeah. So I, and, I totally hijacked your story then. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm trying now to remember what the third one was. Uh, a mullet to the mulleting. Uh, yes. What, oh, 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 oh. It was also, there were four then. Oh, okay. Um, Cleopatra 2525, oh. Jack of All Trades. Yes. Because I remember saying to Tegan and Sue, if we do this panel at 30 minutes, you have to stop talking about the one. And go to the other one because that's how the show was. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing that. We're totally doing it. Yeah, for the listeners that, that don't know, there used to be this really fun, cheesy, ridiculous block of genre programming back in what the early it was the 90s? 2000s? No, it was the mid 90s, yeah. Was it really? And yeah. it was it was it was back really it was like the golden age of syndicated TV because yeah, it was you couldn't get it you could it wasn't on cable it wasn't on network TV it was on either in the afternoon or at two a.m. Saturday night and chances are all of us were up <laughs> at yeah. either one of those times and yeah. uh, so that's when you know the Herculeses and the Zenas and the Star all the Star Trek series uh, Babylon then, Five. Yeah, Babylon Five and tons of other stuff that just came on for we have Shatner's Tech War. <laughs> oh, Tech War! Oh my gosh, Tech War! Those weird mutant shows that like were X Men but kind of weren't. Yes, <laughs> uh, like it, it was supposed to be a Marvel show, and they called it Mutant X. But yeah, it, it wasn't really. It was just bizarre. So, in fact, we have a panel. We're going to talk about those things. Uh, one of the panels we're doing is. Uh, TV shows you thought nobody else remembered. <laughs> Which and, for me, until recently, was War of the Worlds. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I wrote a whole piece about that on the website. And because basically I would talk to people and nobody remembered it being a TV show, particularly 
it's almost like the Tom Cruise movie wiped everybody's brains clean. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the Scientology waves. uh, Yeah, right, right. Yeah, (laughs) Xenu, please cleanse us. Uh, You're Thetan level five. Please continue. Uh, But this show that I saw when I was a kid and at the time really enjoyed and, and have still have not seen since, but I wrote this piece about it and got so much response, most of it from uh, the Classics page on Facebook, which, if listeners, if you are not a member of the American Sci-Fi Classics track page on Facebook, or a group, rather, uh, you absolutely should be, because you it is a treasure trove of information. You may think that you have too much junk knowledge in your brain <laughs> but my friends you have no idea how much nope. is out there <laughs> the junk we, is out there yeah we uh and and i've i i, I say this uh probably too often maybe but uh uh we run that page all year yes it, yeah. it's not just you, you go home from dragon con and you got nothing until we launch it again in 11 months uh we interact all year with like all the panelists all the um like and we we just talk about everything throughout the year and it's it's such a neat connection to have uh it's uh it it, it keeps it, it, it the funny thing is as the, as you do stuff on the page it doesn't feel a, a lot of I'm I'm jumping around tangents and sidebars but what I mean is the ultimate Meaning of the thing is, it's like an Ultimate Warrior interview. What am I doing? Uh, <laughs> Next, you're going to be in a rocket. I am in a rocket. Uh, what I'm what I'm saying is, it doesn't feel like it lessens the impact of leaving DragonCon. We've yes. all been there on Monday afternoon. You're like, oh, I don't get to do this for another year. Uh, but with, I, I I'm I'm going to brag on all of us. We kind of do it all year long, and it doesn't that 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 ache, (laughs) the abyss that you face when you have to go back to the real world once DragonCon is over on Monday. We don't have that. Uh, The classic track just keeps going Monday afternoon, Tuesday, and we're just doing it all year. So we're helping. We're helping humanity. Well, you really are because one of the common discussions uh, post, you know, when you have your post con blues, is people always talk about, oh, those friends that I only really see at Dragon Con, mm-hmm. uh, and and people Thursday night, that's that's what they do. They get together with those friends that they only really see once a year, but we talk to each other all year long. Yeah, and and it maintains that connection. And if you have that experience where you're sitting there eating your lunch at work, and all of a sudden some random show about a flying motorcycle with laser tires pops into your head, hmm. you can jump onto the end of the group and somebody is going to know what you're talking about. Yes. I can jump on there and say, hey, anybody else really like watching Megaforce? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and you will immediately get like 50 likes. Yes. Yep. Yes, of course we feel like watching Megaforce. What kind of ridiculous question is that? <laughs> and speaking of that, uh, I believe Sunday night we are going to – I'm bringing some DVDs of some 80s fantasy flicks and we'll put it to the crowd to see which one we want to watch. Maybe yep. it, it could be Beastmaster. Maybe it's Crawl. Oh, my gosh, Joe. You know what you should do? Mm. You should have an 80s – fantasy gong show 
<laughs> where everybody votes on the movie and you sit and you watch the movie, but each, each person that's in the room watching, and it's, it, it would depend on the crowd, but you have a gong and each person has one gong. <laughs> and, and if they gong it, you can switch movies. <laughs> <laughs> you would we would definitely have to make sure we had the right crowd for that yeah yeah but i mean i think for the most part you guys do like i don't i think anybody that's going to the track room to watch some fantasy movies i think is going to be down with that and i, I think, think yeah. within within 10 or 15 minutes of you guys doing your opening thing they're going to bolt or they're going to be totally into it. Yes. <laughs> uh, hey, you got a whole room of people into things. I'm still reading right. from that. <laughs> come on. You know that crowd. Come on. Oh, yeah. I really I, – I dig this idea. This is this is silly. Oh, yes. Because originally we were just going to show uh, heavy metal after uh, – I believe in the track room it's going to be uh, the wonderful people at Retro Blasting are doing 80s ninjas. Yes. And you're doing the game show. So we were like, well, this ties into both. Yep. And then we decided, wait a minute. No, let's not do heavy metal. Let's do 80s fantasy movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's uh, – because I I like heavy metal, but I thought I, I, it's so limiting. I feel, I feel like let's, let's just put it out there and, and, and maybe we – Oh gosh, this this gong show thing. We could show heavy metal for a couple of minutes, and then um, once we get to you know the lady riding the dragon and with with the boobies, then after <laughs> that somebody gongs it and we go to something else. Right, right. And now you could even if you have a real turkey, you could even go back to that. Like you know, you show ten minutes of one movie, fifteen minutes of another movie. They get gonged, and uh, but if you've got a real turkey, you can kind of keep slipping it back in. <laughs> you know what's anticipating anticipating the groans of the audience like ah this again you know i almost wish this is this would have been a perfect game for the vhs era because when you gonged out you could just put that one back in and it pick up where it left off. yeah you're right you're right you can't really do that with dvds as easily yeah you can kind of fake it with chapter select but still <laughs> yeah yeah oh, we this can is make genius this all We're of making this work. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how panels happen right yes. here, live on the Needless Things podcast. Uh, so, what else you, have we got going on? You just on saw this how week? the sausage was made. <laughs> you, you did. And uh, if you if you want to get a closer look at how the sausage is made, Saturday night, 10 p.m. in the Hyatt Regency Five Ballroom. <laughs> 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 Hashtag Ballroom. Yes. Uh, but but before we get too much further into that, so so you had. A few that were pretty concrete for this year, uh, very early on. Yeah, yeah. Probably around February, though, is when you start thinking. Okay, we need to we need to start having a little cohesion. Things need to start yeah. coming together. Yeah, and honestly, the first thing we usually start doing is putting together the roller panel list because okay, these we don't have to worry about <laughs> once we put it on the roller panel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that was so. It, it was. Uh, is this the? Have we done it twice before? I think we've. Yeah, done this it twice. is the third year of the roller panel. It was so huge both times um, in the audience and on the panel itself uh, that now this year we're doing two of them. 
we're split where we have there's so much we don't have room for uh because we could i'm 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 not exaggerating uh when when we say this we could just keep doing panels for a week with all the various anniversary related things uh because it's not just like we we sort of look at like a five year increments. We we don't have a hard and fast rule about so to speak hard and fast hashtag ballroom. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we 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 don't really um, have any rules as far as what we must and must not cover. But we like to do twenty fifth anniversary, twentieth anniversary, thirtieth, thirty fifth, and there's so much stuff that happened in eighty six, eighty one, seventy one, seventy six. So we're doing two panels. We're doing uh, a roller panel for just the 80s and then a roller panel for things before that. Because when Gary and I were first putting everything together, we, we thought, well, we it's the 60th or maybe the 50th anniversary of some things like Day the Earth Stood Still, Forbidden Planet. And at first, like the first iteration of the panel for the, the, the track for this year was – an hour for Forbidden Planet, an hour for The Day the Earth Stood Still. And then as we started filling in spots, we thought, we don't have room to do that. Right. So a lot of the super cla- – and, and when, uh, once you get on roller panel, you can talk about them as long as you want. We're, we're just – the fun of it is, I guess maybe I should backtrack and actually explain what roller panel is. <laughs> yes. We, we uh, have a guy, Mike Dixon, who is the one of the, one of the, another another very talented person who we have we have uh, embroiled in. <laughs> yes, uh, he makes um, giant twenty sided dice, and he, um, me and Gary had the idea to do roller panel, and now he's putting movie posters on each face of the die, so we're going to get audience members to roll the die. And then that determines what the panel talks about. And so there's 20 movies or TV shows on the die. We talk about that one until we get done with it, and then we'll let somebody roll again. And we try to put as many – our goal is to have as many panelists as you will see at a convention. (laughs) We want to have the Guinness Book World Records of most people on a panel. I feel like you already do. Like I, I feel like last year's roller panel that pretty much happened. Uh, with the roller panel and, and having to make some tough decisions mm. about what what gets a full panel and what does not. You know, it's 2016. We have, you know, people our age are fans of stuff from the 80s, and at this point. That stuff is the hot old school stuff. Like eighties are ancient. Yeah. <laughs> so it becomes a, a game of, you know, gosh, we've got to play to the audience. We've got to figure out who the audience is, and there's no way around the fact that the audience gets younger every year because we're we're all getting older, but the new folks, you know, that come in every year are are the Dragon Con newbies because the the con is growing at an exponential rate as is mm-hmm. the track itself which is why we're in a larger room this year mm-hmm. and you've got to please you know those new people as well as the old diehards and i, I imagine it's got to be very difficult 
to make yeah. decisions about what gets attention and what doesn't. And that, you know, brings me to at what point is, is there like extra classic? <laughs> it, it's really – there was talk for at least two years of doing a uh, – I don't know what you would call it, but like the 60s and older as its own track. And there's a – I think there's certainly enough there. I mean for oh, – until gosh. Joe and I took over pretty much the classic track, all it focused on majority-wise was 60s and older. And we love that stuff. Don't get me wrong. Oh. But like you said, Phantom, you know, the guys our age coming to the convention, we want 80s stuff. And the 90s kids are rolling in. Right. And so we got to make sure we we have stuff for the '90s kids. Well, and to to lay it out uh, for the listeners who who may not know exactly what defines a classic, at what point does a franchise or a property become uh, the domain of the classics track? Ten years or older. And see, we're so we're talking about things that came out in 2005. Yeah, are now uh, purview of the classics track. That's well, it has to have been crazy. off the air for ten years. So off some things are so things that went off the air in two thousand five. So right. movies, of course, since they only aired, you know, for sure. one time. Sure. So <laughs> but, I mean that that's uh, that. So yeah. so to contemplate covering, you know, everything from literally the the you know the twenties, <laughs> you're you're talking about almost a hundred years of content in a weekend, and it 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 seems. It seems to me like if you did the split, uh, because the 50s were a heyday of science fiction unto themselves. Oh, sure. And I think the 50s alone provide so much content. And if maybe, you know, the classics track as we know it was maybe 80 on, and then we had prior to 80. Although, I don't know, 70s has got to be considered. I think that was a, a dividing line. Yeah. The yeah. 70s, so maybe the 70s, 70s divided on. a lot of people. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's I, just an interesting thought that, that, that I've had and that, that I know just from the bulk of content available. Cause if you look at something like the, and, and granted, there's no phenomenon like Star Wars, but mm-hmm. let's look at the total entirety of Star Wars versus the total entirety of science fiction up through 2005. Yeah, come on. We have a broader paintbrush. We have to cover. Yeah, with right. We yeah, yeah. We've yep. got uh, we've got a few options as far as what we can cover. Yeah, right. And you and roller panel was a genius way to uh, t- to take care of some of those nooks and crannies that might have otherwise been overlooked in, in the uh, the the big rush of Flash Gordon. Yeah. Well, and as Joe pointed out to me, we were talking about the fact when we split the roller panel off into two because we realized we had enough to do. It's like, that's 40 hours of programming. <laughs> we could do the entire pan- weekend with just the roller panel. Yeah. People. And just like, and I just really feel bad for the stuff that didn't make the cut to the roller panel. It's like, man, I really want to talk to you, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I've already, because there were, uh, Gary, we went through who knows how many drafts before I sent the final one to Mike Dixon, the dice guy, uh, the, the dungeon master. He cosplays as the dungeon master from the cover of the DM rules guide, and he's amazing. But uh, uh, before I sent – and I think I sent him several versions before I finally said, okay, now stop. This is this for real is the one we're going to use. <laughs> uh, and he was like, okay – Sure, Joe. <laughs> and then I then I and then I finally we got like 
he got it done, sent it to me, and I said, wait, I forgot one. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, eventually, yeah. yeah so, but, but yeah, as Gary said, that's 40 hours. That's a whole other weekend that we could just talk about the things on the roll panel. But I think we'll give them all their due. I think it's going to happen. I think last year, uh, Battlefield Earth was number one on the roll panel. So Critical Fail was Battlefield Earth. Once again, Xenu interfering yep. in what we're trying to do. Yes. So yeah. let's let's highlight. I don't know if you guys have the uh, have the capability to maybe drop some specific panels and panel times, other than the ones Absolutely. we discussed. Uh, what what are some of our big superstar panels? Where will Sam J. Jones and uh, the lovely Miss Melody be? We're going to do uh, two or maybe three panels of them together. And uh, then I'm going to do one. We're going to do one with just Sam J. Jones because that same day I've got Melody Anderson on a manimal panel. Oh my so, gosh! Yes, there will be a Panama. Somebody record yes. this. <laughs> Somebody please record this. Uh, and you've also got. Uh, let's see, we've got Sam J. Jones. We've got Matt. who've. Who am I forgetting? We have you. The Power you, Rangers. Uh, the Ra- Power uh, thank you, boy. Yes, Rad Rangers gonna kill me. Yes, he <laughs> is, especially because he's hosting. Yes. <laughs> So when is when is that happening, and who is involved? Because I'm not a Power Rangers guy. I can't name, uh, aside from color-wise, I can't name a single Power Ranger, but I know you've got, what, five of them? I think we've got the, the voice of the computer. Okay. And or the big floating head guy, that guy's voice. Um, I, I have to admit, um, anyway, okay, so here's, I, I know for sure we've got the, 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 the Red Ranger guy, um, I'm just going to start naming colors, and maybe that'll do it. <laughs> that sounds good. That, I know I mean, who we don't have because I believe uh, one of the female rangers from the first season. I believe she has passed away, so she will not be don't attending. Have her. <laughs> no, and um, uh, the pink ranger, the original pink ranger, I believe uh, became a big star on the show Felicity, so she is not coming. Um, other than that, I think the rest of the people we got, <laughs> I wow. think all those people are coming. And when is that one happening? Or, or when, okay, we, we do have to make the standard disclaimer that anything that is scheduled at DragonCon is not official until it has already happened. And even then it's iffy. Yes. Like, I hesitate to speculate <laughs> when they're, they're going to be, I know we're having one a day. And we're it's splitting it with Friday. the Kaleidoscope track, which is going to focus on more of the – Friday and Saturday, I think, is us. And then Sunday and Monday is them. Right. I think that may be how we're doing it. But the, the, the cool kids at the Kaleidoscope track, they're doing um, – and uh, they're doing um, – the, the OG Power Rangers are going to be with them. And it will be more of a kids-focused panel on just the kids who are just now getting into the old-school Power Rangers, which right. is – and the new movie coming totally available now, I believe on on your. Oh yeah, of course you got to get. See, that's that's the cool thing about the classic track. A lot of the stuff keeps being made. Uh, if it's not still in production, like Transformers cartoons and such, and in comics like Big Trouble in Little China, um, the classic stuff is still out there. You got to get 
the form the the historical understanding of of the stuff and that's what classic track that's one of the things the classic track is for in in my opinion well and to give dragon con a lot of credit uh they have made huge steps in recent years towards reaching out to an even younger audience than what i was talking about before between the kaleidoscope track and the puppetry track and having you know during the day programming for kids and focusing on animation and puppetry and you know definitely more youth oriented stuff and I, I think that's really cool that they've made steps to be uh, I, I don't ever want to think for me personally I don't ever want to think of Dragon Con as family friendly but during mm-hmm. the daylight hours it 100% is now Yes, I, I think it can be both it, it can be I think Dragon Con can be all things to yes. to everybody now um I don't think you I, – I, I would not bring my own daughter out at Dragon Con past, say, 3.30. Once it gets dark, I think, I think we head back to the hotel as yeah. far as, uh, as, far as my, my child goes. But um, beyond that, you know, there's, there's, they, have, they have all day up till that point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say dinner time. For, for yeah. me, me personally, my – my level of uh, of parenting or whatever, anybody under probably sixteen, and that's me being maybe conservative, but dinner time is it. Yeah, because when when I started coming to Dragon Con, I was roughly that age, and there wasn't anything for me um, past or, or during the day. Really, I just had to go and sit and listen to people talk about stuff that I didn't know. I had to, I had to like, like me and Gary were talking about. I had to go and sit, t- sit and listen to panelists talk to each other. Right, and yes. uh, that is no longer the case. There's a little something for everyone. Yes. Right. Yeah. Personally, I would say yeah. After maybe about eight o'clock, you want to put the little ones away. <laughs> that Although, is. Like that I said, is. Dragon Con is definitely working, and I think part of it is the partnership up with MomoCon, which is very family friendly. Oh, they're trying 100%. to get. They're trying to get more family friendly during the day. So, looking at w- without going into specific days and times, looking at the list of panels that you have scheduled now, what are some other highlights that you guys have? What else do you have in store, Gary? What's one in particular that you're excited about? Oh, one I've been wanting to do for ages, and that's actually the two panels that tie together. And I think you're on at least one of them. Is the Big Trouble in Little China panel, and the whole in the panel dedicated just to John Carpenter, because the man is a legend and really has one of the best track records of movie making. Yeah, I, I very much would want to be on both of them, but my Sunday night is blocked off uh, from anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm actually missing out on two panels because of that, but that's how Sunday night goes. But uh, I will be Big Trouble in Little China, I think, slips in just before I turn into a pumpkin on Sunday night. And by <laughs> pumpkin, I mean drunken, raging puppet fan yes. machine. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be there for Big Trouble in Little China because it is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, and John Carpenter is my favorite director of all time, but unfortunately my allegiances lie elsewhere at Dragon Con on Sunday night. So with your, with your Carpenter fetish, how are you going to cover? It's going to be tough. And this is the case with any panel, even one over a single movie, but with Carpenter's career, you're going to have to move it along. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully, having Big Trouble getting its own hour helps. Sure. <laughs> we can slice that one off. Except for the people that show up to the John Carpenter panel that are unaware of the Big Trouble in Little China panel. <laughs> and, 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 and halfway through, are you going to talk about Big Trouble in Little China? It's like, yes, we did for an entire hour, two hours ago. Where were you? <laughs> it will happen. Mark my words. Oh, yeah. But also, we're kind of focusing the, the overall panel on the mainly Halloween, Escape, and The Thing. And honestly, each one of those we could talk about just for an hour. But For oh, sure. sure. For sure. Uh, and we got to talk about They Live or I yes. Will Riot. And uh, <laughs> don't forget Ghost of Mars. Uh, I try. <laughs> I try. I think that. Although I've actually come around on uh, Village of the Damned, I really didn't like it when it came out, but I've warmed to it. Oh, see, I I dug that one immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. Ghost of Mars is one that I walked out of the theater, uh, and I think I tried to watch it on cable a few years ago, and I was like, "Nope, I was right. This is terrible." <laughs> yep. And then another one, and this one is actually, and I'll be curious to hear. Well, you guys probably won't end up covering it in the panel, but uh, at some point, debate on vampires is hot and heavy. Yes, it is. Well, I will take that as a challenge, so <laughs> we will be. And Please. in the mouth of madness, you see, again, we're, 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 right. we're falling into a carpenter hole. <laughs> so if, if you're a fan of John Carpenter, then the Classics Track Room on Sunday night is the place for you now. We have, we've mentioned it a few times, but we've not specified. We have a new, bigger room. Yes. What, what room is it and where is it located? Conveniently, Mr. Gary Mitchell and the Rad Ranger have taken care of that for you. There's a video on the YouTube page, the American Sci Fi Classics YouTube page, and there's linkage upon the aforementioned Facebook group. Yes, uh, we actually put up a picture uh, showing where we were and where we are. But Gary and Rad Ranger, they snuck into the Marriott, and it was weird seeing no people there. <laughs> and I wasn't even there, and I was freaked out. Gary and I, I, th- I think Gary and, and Rad Ranger still kind of a little weirded out by the whole thing. It was very uh, bizarre. But uh, they did a they did a walking tour, taking us from the old room to the new room, and it's we're on the same floor. We're not far from where we were. It's just bigger. It's bigger, and to, for for people who've been to the convention before, it's to the right. If you're facing it, it's to the right of the Skyway to the Hilton, which there is a fantastic location because you just pop out of that Sky Bridge. Uh, if you're coming off Sky Bridge, it'll be to your left. Pop out, turn left, go down a little hall, boom. Yeah. Now we are going to get a sign to put up because it is there's a little it's kind of a little kitty corner highway yeah. or hallway. I don't know how you say it. Kitty corner, catty corner. Anyway, so it look if you don't look at it just right, it looks like maybe there's a corner there, but no, there's an actual hallway and there's ele- there's stairs there. But also there's a bathroom, but at least this time we're not downwind of it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, nice. Although they they redid that whole area, there's like this giant circular couch over there now, and nice little tables and stuff. I was impressed. Oh, I guarantee those won't be there when the convention my, starts. Myself <laughs> and uh, Miss Lady Flex were down there just last mm. night, uh, touring the premises because we had to check out our uh, the ballroom just to you know sample the acoustics and maybe leave some samples spotted about the room. Uh, and it's it is weird being down there with no traffic. 
And it's funny because my typical way to get from the Hilton to the Hyatt is to go over to the Cortland parking garage and there's a sky bridge over there that takes you through the Peachtree Mall and then over to the Hyatt. And it generally avoids like the, as nice as the sky bridge once was between the Hilton and the Marriott, (laughs) it is not anymore. No. Uh, it is like opening up a can of Vienna sausages. So, (laughs) including, including the smell and the liquid. Uh, Yes. So, we we met up at the Hilton and had a couple of beverages at Trader Vic's, did a little planning, and then walked outside. And your hair was perfect. My I'm hair, sorry. of it's course, my no, no, that's uh, it was not a full moon, but my hair was perfect anyway. Yep. Uh, we walked outside, and Miss Lady Flex starts walking towards uh, the, or we were in the lobby rather, starts walking towards the sky bridge. I said, no, 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 no. We go this way, and as I was going my traditional route, I realized it was actually much longer. <laughs> <laughs> because there were no people, we right. should have just taken the sky bridge. But uh, but she had not seen that before, so I taught her one of the many secrets, secrets, secrets of Dragon. Oh, that's another idea. We could totally do like little ten second videos with like. like <laughs> We could vine. Is that a thing, Mister Twenty Sixteen? We could totally vine a thing. Anyway, okay, go ahead. Secrets of Dragon Con. I well, like Dragon it. Dragon Con is thirty years old. Technically, it falls under our tag. That's yeah. Right. Dragon Con itself is now. Um, <laughs> but in fact, in fact, we uh, we 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 did a we're doing a lot of nineteen eighty six stuff because of the thirty year mark. Right, of, it can all be related Dragon Con itself. To, to yeah. you know, this happened at the same time uh, the inception of this massive convention that we all love. Yeah, and for anyone who wants the actual numbers, the room numbers are M one hundred three, M one hundred four, and M one hundred five. Oh it's wow! All so they one thing tore the walls down. Yes, that's wonderful because when you when you approach uh, where the new spot is, it, it has those listed. So so don't be fooled, people. It's it's has the potential to be three rooms, but the classic track is too big. Yes. Yep. True. Three rooms and, and, will become and one no like more that. Weird elbow bend in the middle of the room. Three, three rooms will become one like that crappy Voltron that nobody remembers. And I'll form the head. <laughs> no, not that one. That's five. That's we oh. we love the lions. Nobody get mad. We love How Lion Voltron. How dare you, Gary? I just had to do the line. <laughs> uh, so as we wind this down, uh, Gary, you're looking forward to the carpenter stuff. Joe, what's something that's kind of near and dear to you? What's, what's a, I, I don't want to ask you to pick amongst your children, but, <laughs> but if there's one panel that's kind of got a little extra shine on it for you. There's so much. And we, we've talked about tons of it already. Uh, every Sunday afternoon, I, and Gary and whoever else I can round up, we do a game show, and it's it's uh, it's uh, it's a middle of the afternoon game show. So the M rating is not on it, <laughs> like the the one in the ballroom that you're going to be handling uh, on, so to speak, on <laughs> on, on Saturday. You'll night. be handling his ballroom. Yes, uh, uh, but uh, what we do, what we have done for several years, is uh, we give away stuff out of our attics. 
we, we dig stuff, we dig geeky stuff out of our basements and our attics, and it's kind of turned into a, a thing. People have started bringing their stuff from their attics for us to give away in our game show. Are you and, trying to suggest that geeks might have an inordinate amount of memorabilia just <laughs> scattered about their houses? Yes, and other geeks. I, I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and in fact, there we have so much stuff that I even I think infamously gave away something Gary wanted a couple of oh. years ago. Mm. And I, I <laughs> well, what was it? The, the, the rage. Do you remember? I can feel the rage. Oh, yeah, he was reaching into the box and he he starts pulling out famous monsters of film. Oh my gosh, magazines. I was in there for that, and you flipped <laughs> the heck out. Uh, there yes. was it was uh, uh, it was this crazy outburst of. <gasps> Oh, that was awesome. I'm so happy I was there for that. Yes. It was like time slowed down. It, Gary went, no. So specifically, what famous monsters was it? I don't remember now. I just It was like, it's a famous monsters of film man magazine. Every one of those is solid gold. I, I want to say, I think it was one of our William Stout panels. Pro, oh, it, yeah. It might have been Conan. Uh, well, it was on this, the, the panel, which we've had to, which we retired the original name, and it has a new name. Uh, it uh, it's the panel formerly known as Stump the Geeks. It is now known as Challenge, Challenge of, of the of Super Nerds. Nerd. 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 Yeah, throw is... a little reverb on that. <laughs> awesome! Oh my gosh, you guys need to have like a Starfield opening for it, like a little video, Ooh. and somebody just saying Challenge of the of Super the Nerds. Super That'd be great. <laughs> Got it together from ga- from remote galaxies. Oh, we can totally do this. <laughs> okay, so Challenge of the Super Nerds is the new uh, daytime friendly game show. Yes, yes. That uh, everybody will recognize. Now, I have to ask though, one of the key components of the prior incarnation of the game show was the infamous Hulk Cologne. Yes. Surely you guys are retiring oh, it's happening. that crime against nature. Ha-ha! <laughs> no, oh. you're not. Uh, oh. under, unfortunately, our deal with the EPA is we still have to distribute it to get rid of it in minuscule doses. And yeah. by spraying it on convention people, it disperses it safely throughout the United States. Uh-huh. So it's not like a toxic you know, love canal. Right. If you buried it underground, it would just eat into the ground soil and infect the crops. And, and the uh, entirety of, of the continental United States would be a desolate wasteland within five years. And I believe if Marvel Comics has taught us anything, then anyone who comes in contact with it will eventually turn into a green rage monster. So we have to, as a responsibility, spray it on people who get questions wrong. And it's going to happen. So I, um, uh, that's what we're doing. And for anybody that's wondering, it is consensual. You, the, it's not like a surprise. People are aware. Yes. Like people are taking the chance. Like I know if I'm wrong about this, I'm getting dosed with that foul aerosol. Yes. <laughs> I think my two favorite oh, – I've got three favorite moments with the Hulk cologne. Uh, the first when the lady who threw herself bodily over two rows of chairs to get away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we dusted one guy down and he went running through the aisles and someone screamed, oh, my God, he's crop dusting. 
<laughs> and then as invariably happens at least once during the the event joe or i have it pointed the wrong way and and hit us yes oh no you're oh, not yeah. wearing full hazmat suits when you're dispensing that garbage yeah oh no that you and there you, was you should arrange there, to have an official hulk cologne dispenser like a guy like in the homer simpson hazmat suit with the <laughs> with the with the tongs and everything <laughs> I like it. Okay, so like it. before we go, naturally I feel that I need to cover uh, very quickly. I'm not going to belabor it because I do that enough on the website and on the show. But the, the panels that I'm going to be on or hosting or whatever. And the first one is Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. And I feel fairly safe with that time because if it moves, yes. I won't be able to do my own panel. And that would be a travesty. <laughs> uh, Toy Stories, which is a fully interactive uh, panel about sharing memories of important toys from your life, whether it's something that you tracked down a few years ago or something from your childhood. Uh, panelists will share our stories, and then audience members, we encourage to bring your own toys, and we'll come out and talk to you guys as well. And it's a big, emotional, potentially tearful event that everybody enjoyed uh last year mm-hmm. i'm very excited about that one is that one's important to me because uh it, it evolved as a result of working with the classics track and that that's that's completely where that came from uh then saturday evening at 10 p.m the dirty dirty con con game game show show which you can learn about at dirtycongameshow.com or please go and like the facebook page uh, and order T-shirts. Yes. Order your T-shirts now from NeedlessThings.StoreNV.com. Available in Boastful Blue and Limited Run Passion Pink. And I did make <laughs> men's and women's sizes because every time I've ever had experiences with T-shirts, I get two complaints. I get three complaints. Two, three. I get three complaints. One, uh, prior to this T-shirt, the complaint was, I don't like that design. Why did you do that? Number two, the number two complaint is uh, the sizes are not big enough, and that is a cost factor, and there's just – ask anybody who has T-shirts made. The cost of fortune if you're doing a limited run to go up into bigger sizes. And uh, finally, every lady that's ever wanted to buy a T-shirt from me, all three and a half of them – Asked me, why don't you have women's sizes? So this time we have women's sizes. So get on that, needlessthings.storeenvy.com. And then finally, Gary, you already mentioned uh, the Big Trouble in Little China panel, which I'm super stoked about, and I may well come dressed as a beholder. Hey, there you go. I'm not going to come dressed as a beholder. (laughs) Somebody will. I sure hope so. I have a vision now, though, of you with a luchador mask covered with eyes. That would be really awesome. Unfortunately, my mask guy is is MIA. I don't know what happened. I got nothing new this year. Oh no! What? Yeah, yeah he's. Uh, uh, it's the the lines of communication are down. I don't know if he just stopped making them or what. Clearly, he must have lost a loser leaves town match. <laughs> it's entirely possible uh, that he is running around maskless in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Wanting to make me masks, but just not able. So those Look, are those are the uh, stipulations say he has to leave town. Oh, and then uh, also I, I uh, completely overlooked. Uh, we talked about it, but the GI Joe panel, which yes. 
uh, I'm very excited about and cannot currently remember when it is, but it doesn't matter because it could happen at a completely different time and completely different space, maybe in a different year. It is yep. currently set for Sunday at 2.30. So what are our final words for our Needless Things listeners about the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics track? Mr. Gary Mitchell, uh, what what is your your pitch for the Classics track? What are you trying to do? What do you want people to feel once Dragon Con is over? I want them to feel excited. I want them to be bathed in nostalgia for the things they loved and to remember one of our mottos, which is there are no guilty pleasures. There are just pleasures. It doesn't matter if nobody else likes it. You will find any, at least at home, but here at the Classics Trap, you will find other people who love that one weird show that you love with all your heart. And you will meet them, and you will revel, and you'll get nerd all over each other. And mm-hmm. this metaphor is getting really weird. Yep. <laughs> so you're going to come, and that, that's it. You're going to have a great time. And if I could, there's two panels I want to put over before we go. Yeah, I do. Please do. Um, Thursday night is the second year of the Geek Sing-Along. You'll be wrestling, so I'm, I know you won't be there, and I'm sorry. I will not be wrestling. I will be oh. announcing wrestling. Well, yes. I am far, the same thing. I'm it's far the- too old and scared. Well, yeah, it does have the potential <laughs> to be that way. But, yeah, the Nerd Sing-Along. Talk it up. Yes, uh, it is 8.30, so this year we have a bigger room for it. That seems to be a theme this year. Uh, we've got at least 50 songs with lyrics on the videos now, thanks to, thanks to the wonderful work of Mr. Mike Nelson. Uh, and so it's going to be a lot of fun. It was a great time last year. It should be just as much fun this year, especially because we're going to have a spot for people to stand and sing. They won't have a microphone, but they'll be able to sing. And like I said, like, I, and you get to watch me get said more and more drunk on stage as I drink pie and introduce music videos. <laughs> well, that alone, uh, you you could take the music out of that equation, exactly. and uh, I would be sold on that. Uh, maybe even <laughs> more sold now that I think about it. <laughs> and the other one that that we haven't talked about that makes me extremely happy is that we're doing a Wonder Woman 75th anniversary panel, and we've got George Perez. Oh, that's wonderful, and that's another example of you guys uh, kind of going above and beyond to get a, an interesting personality. Yeah, because honestly, especially for people our age, when you think Wonder Woman in the comics, who else do you think of? For sure. And he happened to be there, and I thought, I'm just going to see what happens if I put him in the little schedule gizmo, and I did, and they they said he they they approved it, so we'll see. Yes, <laughs> and I know and. It's just, it's going to be a ball. And we're doing the fifth year of Truly Outrageous. So for the ladies talking about ladies, it's going to be a ball. And Mr. Joe Crow, uh, your, the thoughts that, uh, as, as our listeners lay their sweet heads down on their podcast pillows, what hmm. kind of sweet classic science fiction dreams would you like to leave in their heads? What I want you to um, think about is that as you as you drift off to sleep, uh, the all tracks are equal. Uh, mm-hmm. We love all tracks at the Dragon Con. Uh, we are we are um, the classic track. I think is one of the top seven hundred things you can do at Dragon Con. Uh, but there's um, 
it's it's a it's a four day journey into the archives of awesomeness. That is what you're going to do. There are people who strangers, not personal friends of mine, strangers who say we're not going to do anything else this weekend. We're just going to come to the classic track. Now, I would recommend they eat and sleep, but <laughs> and bathe. And bathe. Why was that? Why was? Why is that the third thing I thought of? Because you're spraying them down with Hulk cologne. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the it, it's such a fun time and such a positive time, such a positive a, a chunk of positive energy that you don't get from the real world unless you're awesome, uh, which. Everyone who comes to the classic track is. Well, and that's why real life experience is so much better than the internet anyway. Because when you're sitting down having a conversation with someone, they are much less likely to be the grade of jerk that you find on the internet. Exactly. Uh, Spoken word conversations are entirely different from typed out conversations. People behave differently. It's a whole other thing. And the classic track is beyond a shadow of a doubt the best place to have those conversations and join in that fun with other people. So you guys, thank you so much for coming back on the show for once again uh, extolling the virtues and revealing the secrets of the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Please tell us every other day of the year, where can we find yourselves and the Classics Track online? Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash American Sci-Fi Classics with an S. Well, with lots of S's, but there's an (laughs) S at the end. And I'm on the Twitters at Yojo Crow. Y-O-J-O-E-C-R-O-W-E. And now over to Gary Mitchell. Yes. And this is our fifth year, so we should – I mean, it's we, – we, we, we know what we're doing now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on the Twitter as at Gary underscore Mitchell. That's Mitchell with one L. And yes, as I always have to say by contractual obligation with Paramount, it is my real name. <laughs> well, especially now. Yes. <laughs> After that whole kerfluffle with, uh, oh. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but you can find me haunting the Facebook or on the Twitter or on the Facebook group. Uh, and uh, we, like Joe said, and like you said, Phantom, we, we are posting and talking daily, all year. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. And I look very much forward to seeing both of you in just a few weeks here. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, we will three see weeks you. from tonight as we record. That's right. Oh, good and this Lord. Will, well, and when this goes up, it's only going to be two weeks away. Oh. Crazy pants. I'm All right. Out. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you. Remember, just for you guys, the podcast listeners... Go to needlessthings.storeenvy.com, uh, order one of the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show t-shirts in passion pink or boastful blue and enter in DIRTY, D-I-R-R-T-Y, as your coupon code to get $5 off your game show t-shirt. This is just for podcast listeners, so don't go spreading this thing around to your dirty, grubby little friends. All right, Dragon Con, 13 days away. Lots of stuff to do. 
Uh, there's still time to go to supportphantom.com and get in on the August rewards, which I will be shipping out as soon as DragonCon is over because I've got five days off after DragonCon this year, which is really strange. Uh, I, there was a day when that would have concerned me, or a time where that would have concerned me, but now I know I'm going to have plenty of podcast material, and I've got the regulars, and we'll be fine. We'll be able to fill in that week just fine, I believe. We'll, we'll find out, but bear with us. And then after that, we'll be going in September, uh, when it ends in October, we'll be starting up our 31 Days of Halloween. So lots of exciting stuff going on. But mainly, I want you to remember this. D-I-R-R-T-Y gets you five bucks off a Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show t-shirt. Go to go to needlessthings.storeenvy.com. Go to supportphantom.com. Get in on the deals over there. Help, help me out. Help me pay for this thing. Because uh, I do it each and every week. And you know why. Because I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.